1: It's Nerds Podcast number 517, bonus episode what? this week, you guys. Well, we had a lot of people. We're giving too many episodes out. That asked if they could go up this week. And Listeners so I said, you know what? Be Fine. like,
2: what's going on? Why I are there know. So many episodes? We're throwing it off.
1: So many episodes, four episodes this week. So you're welcome. And I'm sorry if that's too much. Um,. Uh, before we get to that, I'm doing stand up in Salt Lake at West Valley City, Utah, uh, in the middle of the month. But you're flying into Salt Lake City. I'm flying into Salt Lake City. Yeah, May. I don't know, 16th, 17th, maybe somewhere around there. Go to Nerdist.com/slash counter. The new Nerdist.com. Oh, it is a gorgeous website. It is, I'm and so it's, glad it's, it's mobile now. Zero problems. Super great. Well, there, you know, listen, there's always maybe a little bug when you're shifting over, and <laughs> maybe that happened. And I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> you know, we're, we're doing our best over here, Matt. Come on, man. Um... This episode of the Responsive Podcast is sponsored by uh, Blue Apron. What Blue Apron? Yeah, Chris, blue- I know the folks at Blue Apron. I know when I said when we said when Katie said Blue Apron is a sponsor of this podcast, you were like, "What? They have my credit card." Yep, they sure do. So why don't you tell folks what Blue Apron is? <laughs> Here's
2: what Blue Apron is. Maybe you like to cook, guys. Maybe you're into that. You like cooking, Jonah? Sure. Yeah, sure. Okay. You don't probably like is shopping, right, guys? You, maybe you go out, you forget the parsley. It's in the recipe. You forgot the parsley. Maybe you forget uh, the butter. Maybe you don't have butter lying around. Maybe there's a seasoning you don't have. Well, guess what? So blue apron. Are you
1: telling me the blue apron will just send you the recipe and all the ingredients and then you get all to
2: cook? The exact ingredients you need. If it requires olive oil, it doesn't rely on you to have olive oil in your house.
1: Because a lot of times with food services, they you like if you have food delivery services, you get them and the food's been made for hours. Yeah.
2: Who wants that? That's and, not
1: fresh. But, and also some people, it's very therapeutic to cook. So it's healthy food. You're gonna eat better, cook more. Shop less with Blue Apron. It's nine ninety nine a meal, which is way cheaper than going out to get Yeah,
2: its nine ninety nine a meal for two people. You wow. can do it three times a week, have it delivered. These three meals come to your house Feel ready like to be cooked. It is great. That sounds great. And it's Skirt a subscription service. steak on the menu this
1: week, guys. No commitment to the subscription service. You can skip a week. You can cancel any time with a week's notice, and that's it. And Nerds Podcast listeners get an ex- exclusive offer, two free meals on their first delivery by going to blueapron.com slash Nerdist. It's so, 20
2: bucks off right there.
1: Yeah. I mean. Matt, Matt Myra has used this service yeah. and loves it.:
2: I can't believe that we're just giving this stuff away now.: What, what, what is this? I don't how, know. How, how did I not know they were sponsoring this? We'll, we'll, get, you a, yeah, maybe well, we'll, we'll get you maybe a, I'll no, I'll just use the promo code.: This uh, episode is Acker and Blacker.: Oh. We had so much fun. They're funny. They're funny. They were on the James Bonding podcast. Go ahead and take a look at that. It's on
1: the Nerdist Network. Nerdist Network James Bonding podcast. One of a couple podcasts done by Matthew Myra. Mm -hmm. They've been doing more of those episodes lately too. Uh, The New York show of Thrilling Adventure Hour is May tenth. They have an insane cast list for that one, which uh, we cover in the, oh, in God, the show. Oh, God, it's going to be crazy. In David Letterman's going uh, to Letterman. be in it. He's not going to be David Letterman. Stephen
2: Colbert's going to be in it. John Stewart's going to be in All these New York-based guys you want They couldn't even get Chris Hardwick to
1: be there. <laughs> <laughs> see, because I'm here. I would do it if I were in New York. Well, I, I feel, feel like, like they wouldn't the have asked hour. you
2: because that's what they do.
1: Tickets are available on Ticketmaster.com. And here's episode number 517 with Ben Acker and Ben Blacker. The Ben's. Ben Acker No it's not the Ben's The Ben's was Ben Queller Ben Folds ben,
2: ben Lee Ben Lee. Yeah I know This is Acker and Blacker It's very After
3: different all
2: In the end Just pretend
1: We can't clear that That was a parody cover After balls No no it's in parody In
2: the cover. end Is that what you think parody is? Is that what you think Weird Al does? He just turns things no, into balls? No he turns things into food I turn yeah. things
1: into balls I'm the Weird Al of balls you see
2: that college humor video? In the cantina set?
1: Yes. The one that we built. Yeah. Yeah, we built that for our our thing last time. Yeah.
2: Theirs did a lot better than ours.
1: Yeah, College Humor. Shit done better than
2: ours did. (laughs) College Humor's got... They got Weird Al in it. Well, besides that, they also have like 9 million subscribers. Lisa Loeb, ever heard of her? She's in it.
1: Matt, you're I've probably, heard Lisa Lover, you're, probably you're aware
2: of this. been inside of her too. I, That's pretty well, cool.
1: Let's let's
2: um <laughs> What number podcast are we introing right 517? now? Five seventeen 517. and blacker. Have a good time. Oh my <laughs>
3: now entering nerdist.com
1: Ben Blacker brought cookies. Put them away. He, uh, he had to miss the first time we were supposed to record this, so he brought apology cookies, which were not necessary. <laughs> Always necessary. No, it was very. They would have just been regular cookies. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is the difference between a regular cookie and an apology cookie? Taste it and see. Re- oh, I don't know. Salty, salty tears. Oh, oh okay, tears. <laughs> yeah. eye tears, right? Christopher. What? <laughs> Benjamin. That could
4: theoretically be both of you. I'm waiting to be introduced.
1: Oh, uh, Ben Acker? Hi. (laughs) Hi,
4: podcast. You don't have to wait to be introduced. Podcast etiquette. What? Isn't it? No. You wait till they say your name and then you start. No, that's radio etiquette. This is just podcasting. (laughs) Sorry. We
1: were actually already having a conversation before the podcast started.
4: So <laughs> should we start again? Oh, sure.
1: There's a lot of trash talking in that. We Join should not start me again. <laughs> on today's casting of the pods is uh, writers Benjamin Agger and Hi. Benjamin Blacker. Thank you. Yes. I always put that pod will be cast. Like when I record one, I say and then I tweet about, it, I say this pod will be cast next week, and I always wonder if that's a weird thing or if that's actually how you, an okay way to say oh, it. No. It sounds very Gandalfian. <laughs> this pod <laughs> shall be cast. That feels like you, I feel like you. You need a staff, like you would yeah. have a transmission. Oh, that's staff. how I tweet.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. That's how I used to announce it too. The, the pod has cast. Yeah. The, the day has turned. Like it's, <laughs> it's. It just feels more respectful to everyone. Exactly. I think. Alea
1: iacta est, the
4: Latin that Caesar
1: said when he was crossing the Rubicon, meaning the die is cast.
4: Mm, what is going on?
1: Sorry. It's Great Kate. Caesar's ghost is calling you. Put that down on the. <laughs> <laughs> he just threw it on the floor. Yeah. The uh, year listeners will buy me a new iPhone. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, especially if you send them apology cookies. Oh, they'll get them. You'll each totally and get every a new listener. <laughs> I had a good time at WonderCon. That was a fun. How was, that uh, was great. What other thrilling adventure stuff did you guys do at WonderCon? Uh, we did. We just went and did a little signing uh, at the Nerdist booth, which was really fun. Uh, people picked up the graphic novel, uh, the
4: Thrilling Adventure Hour graphic novel, which nice. was
1: excited to get in front of people.
4: I moderated my first panel.
1: What did you moderate?
4: (laughs) I moderated a spotlight panel, which I think is like a prom or something, um, for Kelly Sue DeConnick, the wonderfully talented comic book writer. And how did it go? So good. Um, she, her, uh, views and opinions are well documented. So we just hung out for an hour. <laughs> 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 Talked about the latest Wes Anderson movie. Okay, good, good, good. We I, came up with an idea for, um, I don't know if it's an app or a um, website, but like Andersonify yourself, like your home, your apartment. Like if you want a more periwinkle couch sure. <laughs> to go with your lavender yeah, wall, yeah. like there's, a, there should be a website that provides it.
1: Just so you can actually get the perfect, uh, Tweed, periwinkle. Home. Yeah. yeah. That's a great idea.
4: Thank you. Who, who, what would be the soundtrack to that web Because obviously oh, a webster- 60s Britpop.
1: Yeah, The Who, David <laughs> Bowie, <laughs> yeah.
4: and then Mark Mothersbaugh for the moving <laughs> right. in montage.
1: Is it or is it just a bunch of uh, like 20 year old girls playing a ukulele? <laughs> I'm gonna get your man <laughs> Just like it's almost like a, it's it's borderline twenties yeah, sounding. Exactly. It's sure. very it's very the, twee. Real, it.
4: Remember when the twenties came back in the sixties? Mm-hmm. It's that. Yeah. It's that again.
1: This is the sixties coming back, but from the twenties coming back through <laughs> the sixties. The depression all Matching outfits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's perfect. I think it's perfect, and and I think it would do surprisingly better than most people would guess. Well, absolutely, because a lot of people want. They want to make twee their apartments So what are some other What are some other ways to uh, twiify an apartment I feel like there are those clocks And maybe this is just a very Grand Budapest hotel But those mm. clocks made of oak That are like heavily varnished mm-hmm. With very thin hands mm-hmm. I Like a cuckoo clock too or just the oh, Cuckoo clock oh, obviously cuckoo clock, yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah that's twee as hell for clocks
1: <laughs> Now when did Welcome <laughs> to the clock cast <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh have you seen my tweet as fuck t-shirt <laughs> uh, but it has to be in like a like a oh. weird brush script it's font. yeah it's not yeah. it's yeah it's somewhere between cursive and calligraphy
1: yeah somewhere in mm-hmm. there that al- it almost looks like elven writing mm-hmm.
4: there's a but, picture of a horse but the mistake They keep the mistake in show that it was hand done
1: yeah 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 yeah. it has to be. and you'd only get it on Etsy
4: I always felt or like on the Etsy side of town
1: yeah, on the, on the, it's somewhere, somewhere over there. It's East side. The, uh, the, yeah, it used to be really run down, but then they came in and fixed it up. It's a bunch of old factories yeah. that they turned yeah. into. It's it's macrame. In yeah. Atari 2600s. <laughs> a lot of yarn stores. Tons of yarn stores, as yep. far as you could see. Um, well,
4: Atari 2600 had that wood, that wood aesthetic, right?
1: Yeah, a little bit. A little bit across the top of the pa- top and
4: of the, the console the, was the back, or was it plastic?
1: Um, I think the back was plastic. I think it was just there was a panel on where the, the
4: Paul F. Tompkins has a wood backing one on the one he keeps in his waistcoat. Loves pocket. wood. He yeah. loves wood because he's yeah yes. he's got
1: the uh, he's got the wooden iPhone. He's got the wooden iPhone case. Um, let's see what other... okay so yarn we we can yarn bomb <laughs> well, things we, records uh, record uh, albums obviously. yes record albums would be very hold uh, on <laughs>
4: y- yarn bomb let's not move past
1: that. I <laughs> think <What? laughs> we all know what that means yarn bombing like, for for hipster halloween yes that's where that's where a bunch of hipsters with like t- Young prank. girls with granny glasses. <laughs> uh, when you go to sleep, you wake up the next morning, and then uh, like a light post or a parking meter in your neighborhood is now covered in yarn. And they can be like,
4: "I and like that light post before it was yarn." <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, exactly. Then they can hipsterize their Then they can be hipster about the thing that they made
4: afterwards. I liked it before I got to it. I got before I. I, I thought <laughs> I it, was ruined cool it before I thought it was cool. <laughs> yeah, they
1: just basically they just yarn. They you know they basically just create yarn around something, but in a very professional way like it's not it doesn't look shitty or sloppy it's a good job mm-hmm. people yarn bomb bikes they yarn bomb all sorts of things anderson your town yeah you anderson, could totally West Anderson, your town yeah absolutely yeah. so okay so we got yarn bombing what, what is the uh what is is there a preferred is there a preferred food and beverage of the well craft fuck? craft beers Craft beers, yeah, of course yes, like Local Homebrewing too yes, home brewing, artisanal
4: honeycombs. stuff <laughs> yeah. That's the topping Made choice. from your own apiary, of course sure, right. Yeah, right? Which, It's all about the bees, people Look into it
1: <laughs> I birth each and every bee myself I go out there to see it <laughs> Yeah, they think
4: I'm a queen And I'm cool with that <laughs> Hey, we're all queens You know what right. I mean? We're all queens No, but just a, one eight, of 2014 <laughs> 20, Okay, alright, okay Bee suits right. made, of,
1: made of yarn <laughs> Yep <laughs> We're gonna make yarn bees. I think that's Absolutely. the most as fuck thing as all is to make yarn bees. Hashtag as fuck. Yarn bees. We yarn bombed all these bees. Keep the hashtag going, everyone. <laughs> we yarn bombed this bee, this honeycomb. That'd be a, that's that's great. Okay, I like this a lot. It it very much. Have you spent any time in Portland? Yes. So if you go to Mississippi Avenue, like that side of. Yes, which is a great area. It's been of yarn town. bombed, but you could yarn bomb that whole side of town, and I think people would be like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. a little hipsterly." <laughs> yeah, this, this yeah, totally. This totally fits. This totally fits. Would you consider yourself twee? I wish
4: no, no. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm. I'm real profound and stuff. So. <laughs> like it's just not shallow enough, man. But I love a. And I'm a sucker for la la la, so like my tastes run twee
3: La 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 la
4: Yeah, not that Danny Elfman shit. No. La 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 Not scary
3: la la. La
1: la
3: la 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 la. La
4: la And then if you want to, then you can
1: drop down like a half a step.
3: La 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 la
1: most of your musical tastes were influenced by the Batman theme.
4: Yeah. a lot of people don't realize. I'm a Nelson Riddle fan. Sure.
1: Adam West Batman is kinda of twee, right? Because that's sort of '60s. Oh, sure. Those colors are
4: Wes Anderson. Super. Palette. Yeah. <laughs> super. Kapow, bam.
1: Putting kapow or bam like in that comic book font on your wall is that twee or is that, say, is that
4: is that is it is it uh, Lichtensteinian instead yeah, of Andersonian?
1: It might be too Lichtensteinian to be twee as fuck.
4: <laughs> oh man. I, I'm very excited about twee as fuck as a concept. Yeah, handwrite your letters.
1: <laughs> yeah, but. Get those with, wax um,
4: envelope sealers. Yeah, wax <laughs>
1: envelope sealers right with a quill.
4: Put them on the analog internet. Put it which on is there. bulletin boards at your coffee shop. Carrier pigeon them over. <laughs> give them to John Hodgman to give to us.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Anything Draw a it? picture of your own mustache if you had one. <laughs> I, uh, who
1: first told me about Thrilling Adventure? I, I might have been Paula Tompkins, back when you had just started doing them at M Bar. Was M Bar was the first yes. incarnation of Thrilling Adventure, right? And this must have been this must have been ten years ago almost. Almost. Yeah, we've been doing it nine years. So, and we were we started at M Bar in, in two thousand five. And he said you you absolutely have to do the Thrilling Adventure Hour. Mm-hmm. It's like a serialized sci fi radio play. <laughs> and uh, but it wasn't until you guys started doing it at Largo that I actually did it. But what a fucking unbelievable! I mean, to write a show that solid month after month after month after month after month—what uh, did did Thrilling end up? I'm like, is it still pretty close to where it started, or did you
4: make? First of all, thank you. Of course. Uh, yeah, no, it's. Um... Well, when we, we did a run for five years at M-Bar, mm-hmm. uh and then when we moved to Largo, we had the chance to uh, reboot and start from episode one again, because those were the ones that would be podcast. And so we had the chance to look at what we'd written for those five years and um, uh, be five years better of writers at it. So mm-hmm. yeah. like, there were core concepts and world-building stuff that, that stayed, but then... Uh, uh, figuring out we didn't have to put every idea we had into every episode, uh, <laughs> making them about one story, uh, was really a, a, a way to figure out that we had leveled up.
1: Were the were the original, were the initial episodes? Um, was it one massive story, or was it always three stories? Was it always three? The format was always yeah three segments in every hour long ish show, um, and th- yeah that hasn't changed. We used to have a much Headier like framing device thing, and then we did a thing for a while where we played with radio tropes, um, but that all kind of fell by the wayside as we realized like we, we don 't really need that people get it, they know they 're coming to see a show. yeah,
4: we would start it with like hosts saying you 're about to see a radio show, and mm-hmm. um, a little more muppet show in that the people the actors playing mm-hmm. versions of themselves introducing segments, and that kind of bits around that, and now, yeah now it 's much more. Um, Here's what the show is. We don't have to yeah. tell you it we and,
1: and all the performers uh showing up in somewhat old time not old timey, but just respectful. Dapper in suits. <laughs> like kind of dressed for prom. Twee as fuck. Twee yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really adventure hour, Twi as fuck. Shit yeah. Oh, it definitely is. <laughs>
4: yeah, there's some Twee motherfuckers. In really it, adventure hour. It's because people show the audience shows up. A
1: lot of them show up very well dressed, too. Mm-hmm. Like yes. it's a it's a real. By the time you had had you know five years to workshop at Mbar, and then it got to Largo. It felt like the there was a pretty rabid community of thrilling adventurers mm-hmm. um, oh, sure. uh, that would, no matter what, just immediately sell out the show because they were just part of this community. Do you, you are there people who have been in since the beginning that you see that still come to the shows month in month out? There are a handful who have kind of been along for the ride, who don't come every month because we uh, priced them out when we moved to Largo. Yeah, <laughs> but who are who certainly are still invested and like will keep up with the podcast and come to shows when they can. And that's yeah, we had to awesome. rebuild
4: a little when we moved to Largo. Um, a because the price went up uh, a bunch of times, and uh, <laughs> and then B because we were doing those stories that some of them had yeah. already seen. So it was a matter of uh, finding the new, uh, you know. Make new friends and keep the old. And yeah, blah, blah, and a lot, blah, and that kind of fun.
1: like we got two big bumps after making the move to Largo, which was now f- four years ago. Um, oh man, yeah, I know. Doesn't right. not feel like four years ago. Yeah. Uh, and the first one was when Nathan
4: Fillion first did our show, which, which was, was when you first did our show. I think was that the first time it I might did the show. You and Cardellini and Fillion yeah. and Foley. That oh. was a Christmas show in 2000. Uh, no, no, June. Oh, it was June? Yeah. No, yeah. you did a very early one. You played the the. Um, I, uh, played, I
1: played the waterfowl. Yes.
4: Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah. and having, an, <laughs> having that guest cast, like it was you and Nathan, and he tweeted about it beforehand, and there was a line around the block uh, because, and, and a lot of those people stayed for the show. And then when we started podcasting and went on Nerdist Network, Go people found it. Man. Like we knew the Nerdist audience would like our show. Oh, yeah. They I, knew I knew about n- it. No question. Yeah. And some so of the guys. That was guys, a good call, Chris. <laughs> Thank you. Well, coods, Chris. It coods. seems like if you're making a radio play that it would be good for a medium that's very similar <laughs> to think... radio. I mean, it is. There are things that you there are things that you get only if you go to the show, mm-hmm. but
4: it doesn't face, face acting. We call
1: there's that. there's face acting, but it's but that's just a layer. Yeah. You don't need you don't need it. Per, I mean, it's nice to have it, yeah. but. But the com- but the jokes and the performances completely stand on their own. I mean it's I-, I think Thrilling is one of the most beautifully written pieces of comedy. And then on top of that, then you have Paget Brewster and Paul Tompkins right. and Mark Gagliardi and and uh, and, and Annie Savage and yeah. and, 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 and it's all. amazing yeah. core cast. Yeah, it's an incredible, an incredible cast and Hal and, yeah. and it's a, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a great group. Thank you. Thank you. We we love doing this show in large part because of that group. Like it's it's what makes it. It continues to make it fun for us. Like one, either what can we do to them this month, or two, what can we make them do this month? Like what do we get to see them do? Do you guys have any? Do you have any involvement in Night Vale, or is that not? It has nothing to do no, with. they supporters. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of cast crossover. Yes, they've poached a lot of our cast <laughs> uh, No, we're big Night Vale fans. I mean, I feel like when it comes to staged radio plays, <laughs> there's us and there's them. Yeah. Uh, and we're thrilled to be working with them. We're doing a crossover with them at
4: San Diego this year.
1: Oh, that's fucking awesome! Should we ask him on microphone? Oh yeah, let's
4: put him on the spot. Let's do it. Do you want to? Uh... Hey, Chris.
1: Yeah, Ben. What's up? Uh... <laughs> Are you busy? What's the date? It's, oh, it's July twenty sixth, the Saturday night of San Diego Comic Con. Are you
4: super busy at Comic Con times? <laughs> um, for like an yeah. hour or two or whatever. Do you
1: want to like swing by the Spreckles Theater and maybe like be in a show? Oh, Spreckles, Oh, like in the bay, like in the mm-hmm. Spreckles is on the like on the in the harbor, right? I believe so. Yeah, it's oh, above, it's above water. It's, above, <laughs> it's not. It's not. Are you ask me to do an underwater show? If it was a subaquatic theater, that would be. I have a submariner job <laughs> of all radio play. That would be twee as fuck. Oh, that would be super twee oh, as fuck. Submarines are twee, motherfucker. Oh, my God. Should we do a, uh uh what was my, uh, well, the waterfowl? I could be the waterfowl,
4: oh, like, sure. under the water. Absolutely. That is our next Kickstarter. Yeah, okay, okay, okay.
1: <laughs> an um, evening with the waterfowl. <laughs> what time is.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Underwater. I believe it's at 8 p.m. I've taken some time
1: an away answer. from my evil doings <laughs> <laughs> to perform some of my jazz standard favorites. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Here's some of my faves. Try the penne. Eh? <laughs> it's divine. Oh my god, I would watch that <laughs> so hard. <laughs>
1: Witchcraft, uh, <laughs> wicked uh, birdcraft, but he just he just puts a bird into <laughs> yeah. everything, and it's just to make like it's do. a tick. Almost <laughs> can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> My sweet embraceable you, e w e. It's a bird. It's another bird reference. I like it. Oh, no, that's not a bird. I meant emu. (laughs) Emu. My sweet embrace. (laughs) Oh, emu. (laughs) Still works. We'll clean clean that up up in post. Yeah. That's the water sheep. Katie, clean (laughs) that. Make a note. Water sheep down. Um, (laughs) Will you please write a Captain Laserbeam uh, episode? Thank you. You're making all of the. He just just really nodded. He nodded super hard. Yeah. So your show's a day because I think we're doing, I know we're definitely doing a podcast at the Balboa. Great. But I think it's a 10 o'clock, it would probably be a 10 o'clock show, and we're in talks to figure out if we can do an At Midnight. So well, would that I'm, be? Uh, it would actually not be At Midnight. <laughs> it would, uh, either, it would either be an 8 or a 10 o'clock show. <laughs> it would not be 11.59, seconds. So, uh, the, answer is, the answer He said it live. The answer is... Wipe, wipe, wipe. I would be... <laughs> <laughs> the answer is I would be honored to do that if um if we're not doing if I'm not doing a show at the same time then of course yes, I would. Yes. That would be awesome. We'll that. we'll try to figure it out. Oh, That'd the, be cool. Fucking fantastic. Do you know Oh my god. Be, be, the Twiiverse is going to shit their <laughs> fucking <laughs> They're gonna shit their gonna... britches because they wear britches. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, they're going to oh, shit... they yeah, shit all hand stitched. Yeah, all hand stitched britches. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> that they monogrammed themselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Unfortunate location for the monogram. <laughs> I am the monogramist. The monogram is a good Captain lazy. Really he is. <laughs> Who put this CL on my shirt? <laughs> what a clue.
1: <laughs> it's the monogramist. But then you find out, like, he's not really... A, he doesn't really do anything that that's bad. <laughs> right, just I mean, the, so. the idea being that you have the villain construct, but nothing he's doing is really that bad. He's just... Doing stuff. We tried, what
4: was the episode we oh, tried the episode to do like with that? the episode was with the Dibrarian. That's <laughs> right. The, the Dibrarian was stealing... Um, that was, was so much fun. Uh, ...was so up to no good in his mind. Keegan-Michael Key. Yeah. And it was... Um, he was... I think uh, we did that in San Diego last year. Buying remainder books and giving them to schools. <laughs> to and he trash. thought it was so deep. Oh, man. I'm going to trick children into reading and liking <laughs> to read so that they'll spend their lives appreciating books. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So did that Captain like, Laserbeam stop him? Uh, no, Captain Laserbeam was like, uh, had to go with it and pretend like yeah, that's real bad and, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't don't keep doing I mean, it, I don't please. I if I'll ever be able have to mercy, stop. You. Have mercy on <laughs> on our souls. I, I guess I'll go.
1: I don't know how many I must have I don't know how many thrillings I've done. It must have been a, I've done a, a bunch, done a bunch yeah. but a handful. Well, you're really good at it. No, it, I but would. You're love, real busy. I would love to do it more, but yeah, but it's it's I'm always yeah, yeah. It's always it's always a scheduling thing. Oh yeah, there's, there's so much there's so much fun to do. Um, yeah, I don't know how you do all of the things that you do. Like Ben and I are writing full time on a TV show and then thrilling and comics and stuff, and we have no time for anything else. You do all of the things. Well, I don't know, but I, I feel like uh, writing is one of those jobs that. If you're writing something, that you that just that's not something you can do for a half. Like you can't really do that for a half hour at a time. (laughs) Like my schedule is very modular Mm -hmm. in that you know we put together the script for at midnight and then we do and then I do a podcast and then we do a rehearsal and then we shoot the show and then I can do another podcast or go do stand up. It's I mean if I were if I were staffed on a show, I mean that's like I would just I would need that eight hours a day just focused on that one thing. I think because. Just the way that you well, and this sort of gets us into your podcast, Nurse Writers Panel, which also uh, was also another. I mean, I love watching. I've been to the. I've I've been to the podcast before, and people show up with notebooks and they take <laughs> notes. Like it's a it's a it's a masterclass that's in awesome. in writing. Yeah, that, but that's why I did it because it didn't exist and I wanted it to in in, in connection with A Two Six LA, which yep. is a great uh, organization to show kids that they can be writers. Yeah, absolutely um, it fosters creativity and Yeah All the proceeds from Nerdist Writers Panel Go to a 826LA So what did, what have you learned about the writing process Just from Because I assume that you're you're probably like I am Where when you have guests on It's not just because Like, oh, I'm just going to entertain people Like, i got to figure yeah. out how this
4: works <laughs> I need to learn shit That's great for me Because like, the stuff that we're struggling with Is the stuff that he gets to ask Yeah,
1: himself. And then you just sort of sneakily How do you break oh, through the, It's when not when sneaky an, if you What if your listen?
4: writing partner's name rhymes with yours <laughs> What do <if> you want? <laughs> shut up about it
1: what do you do if do you, you listen it? to is, is that your Ben Blacker yeah. yeah it's totally accurate do you have an Acker the same one.
4: Oh, okay. <laughs> no
1: one can tell us apart
4: <laughs> I don't need to it's fine
1: it just, yeah we both answer Ben Acker that. has a little bit of this type of speech pattern <laughs> yeah. everybody in our cast has a Ben Acker
4: <laughs> ben I don't an know Acker. if they've done it for you
1: <laughs> I'm sorry oh, you have the to, face. I'm sorry you have to find face. out this way uh, so what, what have you what, what are the um, main
4: things I you? I, I wish
1: them well <laughs> It'll be fun to get a whole new cast in. Um, (laughs) Reboot. Uh, If you listen to the Nerdist Writers panel in order, uh, you can pretty much trace our career. Because I'm early on asking, like, hey, if you get a meeting with a showrunner, how should you act in that meeting and what should you say? And then it's like... If you have your first job on a show, what what do you do in the writing? But what room, an interesting dude? because if you you know uh, because as the host of a show, you're essentially the lens through which the listener is mm-hmm. is um, <laughs>
4: seeing. Uh, you're the, seeing. Yeah,
1: I crossed over some sensory
4: <laughs> shit. Oh, Chris uh, has synesthesia.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I tell you, taste taste. So. Well, these colors sound great, guys. <laughs> these colors sound great. <laughs> um, they smell great. They smell so good, but. Uh, so you taking that journey as a person who ostensibly s- started in a position that a lot of people coming to the podcast might be in when they started, yeah. like that's a really, that's a really great journey f- for people to take throughout that, that whole process. Cause now you've been doing it for three years, maybe yeah, about three years. Uh, I started like right before you guys opened the Nerdist showroom. I remember you had just done thrilling and I was like, I'm thinking about doing this thing. And we were going to do it at 826, and then 826 was selling tickets, and they forgot to put a cap on the number of tickets, and Damon Lindelof was on the first panel. So it just blew up. So it blew up, and you were like, oh, I'm, kinda, I'm opening this space, and if you want to use it, that would be cool. Is that your hard way? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. <right? laughs> i like, hey, I'm kind of uh... <laughs> <If you> wanna... <laughs> sometimes I can spill over into Furman a little bit. <laughs> well, like, sure. Get into Mike Furman a little bit. <laughs> uh, all right, what are you gonna get? Out? All right, just, okay, okay. Um, uh, but, but that's how I, it came to be on the Nerdist Network, and we recorded them at the at Melt, Nerd Melt and all that. But um, yeah, I mean, it really is just like asking the questions that I want to ask, and so I learn something every time. And the biggest one is the thing that Ben and I kind of talked about from the very beginning, which is which we learned from doing Thrilling Adventure Hour, which is, if you want to write, write all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, just do it and enjoy that process and put it out there for the world to see. Otherwise, because a, a script sitting in your drawer doesn't do anything for you. Do you think there's any advantage to writing for something that's um, uh, in the medium of audio only? Because it you can't... You can't really rely on anything else other than the jokes and the performances, like in and, and yeah. the, the vocal performances, in the way that if you, you know, uh, on a television show, you'd be like, and then they see this happen, and then there's mm-hmm. this crazy prop that activates this joke. I mean, it really is about the jokes and the rhythm of the jokes when you're mm-hmm. just writing for an audio show. Well, I think it also forces you to be very clean about story because there's only so much people can take in uh, when they're listening to something. Uh, as opposed to when they're watching and listening, so stories have to be not necessarily simple, but very clear and very
4: clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's a different kind of listening. Like especially uh, in the in the stage show, like there's a there's a keen attention that I think is mm-hmm. unique to our show, but it feels to me akin to like watching a subtitled movie, mm-hmm. where like you need to pay more attention, you need to be a little bit more invested in. Um, in that with which you're interacting, There's
1: yeah. So, what was there did uh, did thrilling? Was there ever a period of thrilling where it was dirty at all, or was it always
4: <laughs> clean? Uh, we had in our very first episode, um, it, it was Sparks in the Water Marshal on Mars. It was Beyond Belief, and in the middle, it was our Hollywood Noir segment, Tales from the Black Lagoon. And there was the line: Angela Lansbury fucked Elvis. Mm-hmm. Elvis, or yeah, Elvis. Yes, and it was all about like. Making Angela Lansbury the um, the saucy noir vixen, yeah, femme fatale, and, it, and yeah, and it and it stuck out like just in the rehearsal, it stuck out like this. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't yeah. feel earned. Uh, and it doesn't feel necessary. It felt like and, a real
1: false note in the hour long piece.
4: And so yeah, there was that, and that went away, and we didn't miss it, and we haven't missed it. We've. Talk about sometimes doing thrilling adventure blue like a late night
1: second show.
4: <laughs> <laughs> thrilling adventure crazy. late hour. Well, we want to
1: send Sparks Nevada, our western hero, to space Deadwood. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, but the, but 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 you the, the way well, yeah. you must have already thought this the way around that is you just make up swears exactly yeah, make, in the to, sci-fi thanks to track. Battlestar Galactica yeah thanks yeah. to Battlestar Firefly you can make up all the go ram swears you <laughs> want you guys right uh, there
4: was I tweeted something about what were the what was the I couldn't remember Frank. I couldn't remember the word for frack. Uh, <laughs> the from, fake word for frack. Right, and so I tweeted something like, "What was that? What was that swear from Battlestar?" Mm-hmm. And people tweeted other ones that were from the original that didn't make the new. There's oh, some wow. silly, convoluted <laughs> swear, and I don't remember them. I don't have them. But if you have a computer with which you're listening to this, then you can <laughs> Google you may, that. You may look this information up. But essentially, it's crazy. You
1: can get away with. I'm I'm really fascinated lately with the this. Comedy mechanism of um, Setting up a rule And then following it Because a lot of mm-hmm. A lot of what Will make people laugh Is sort of that uh, That note of recognition Where they're like oh, I know that thing Because there's a I think there's like a I don't know I think there's some sort of a survival like safety thing. Oh, we're all part of the same tribe because I recognize your references and we're all mm-hmm. the same. <laughs> I'm safe. You're not going to kill me. Yeah. There's comfort in that. But you can create that within a short period of time if you sure. set up a rule and then later on you follow it. You know, mm-hmm. it's ultimately a callback. You know, like you basically yeah. it's like oh they're following the thing they set up. So <laughs> you you have- pretty quickly can set those swears up and then they'll pay off oh, yeah. throughout the Absolutely. entire.
4: Yeah, That's fucking we genius. Had a, we had a, a, That's fracking genius. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I. I rejected the anecdote. Oh, okay. Right. I realized it? it's not a good story.
1: No? You've rejected your own anecdote? Yep. You've, you've just <laughs> self-edited? Yeah. Oh, wow. You don't know. It could be a great anecdote. <laughs> you don't have to. Well, now that we're building it up, I'm sure it's got to be amazing. <laughs> sure, yeah. No. And now, Ben Acker, with the most amazing <laughs> anecdote, applicable to
4: all things life and love. Can we put
1: an echo on that? When I was
4: born. <laughs> and then cut to now. Go on. This is a great show. <laughs> Glad to be here.
1: I was born, some other stuff happened, and now I'm here. Right. That's actually that, that setting up of rules and following them is another kind of writing trick we've had to learn uh, technique I guess rather than trick. Trick seems devious um, <laughs> well, but it's uh, at the
4: expense of the audience. <laughs> yeah it's, sorry it's audience. A technique at your expense.
1: But I feel like that's something you have to do in order to like like Ben said, thrilling adventure is a different kind of watching and listening experience. Mm-hmm. so you have to kind of train ears within the first 10 minutes how to listen to the show and what are the rules of the world that you're going to be immersed in for the next 20 minutes. Yeah. And having a live audience there is so important because if you've just jumped on the thrilling train and you don't know (laughs) uh, you know you don't know who Sadie Mm -hmm. is but then, as soon as she opens her mouth, and everyone erupts, erupts into applause because she's making because she's talking about how she needs more booze than ever, then you go, "Oh, okay, this is a thing." Like yes. the 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 live audience serves almost as much a a, a plot point as Absolutely. the scripted material. Yeah, that's something that's come up a lot in like we've been writing comics recently. We've talked to a lot of comics writers and TV people about like. How much the audience brings to a show, and how much the reader brings to a piece, and like how you can't discount that, and and it actually saves you doing a lot of work if you let them do some of the work. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, because well, you 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 had an amazingly successful Kickstarter. We did. Which and thank you for your help on. Oh that. no, of course, yes. And, where uh, you ultimately were, what were all the things that you were making from the Kickstarter? A yarn Bomb. <laughs> you can just make that. Those are free. <laughs> uh,
4: we made a 136-page graphic novel, mm-hmm. hardcover. Which is available. It's available out there. In stores and Eisner-nominated.
1: Eisner-nominated. Holy shit. Yeah, we're so excited yeah. about it because we are thrilled with how the thrilled uh-huh. with how the final product came out. It's 10 different artists doing 10 different stories from the worlds of Thrilling Adventures. If you win the Eisner, the, when you go up on stage, you have to say... So, Angela Lansbury fucked (laughs) Elvis. Well, that's in tone with the. That's binding, (laughs) right?
4: You're the boss, Chris. That's (laughs) that's (laughs) fair. Yes, we have to we have to it's great if you took that seriously I'm like
1: I was just kidding like, I thought I'd, we I'd were like making to, I'd jokes I'd like to think I'd like to think Chris my Hedden. parents Angel Laird, Elvis uh, <laughs> a gasp from the room <laughs> That's, um, Stan Lee kills over related. and dies
4: <laughs> oh if we kill Stanley with our Eisner speech I think it's gonna really put the book on the map I think you're right <laughs> I think you're right. Let's go into a third printing. That Angela Lansbury joke (laughs) has
1: just murdered the Generalissimo. Ah. Excelsior into that good night. (laughs) True believers. horrible uh we did a behind the scenes documentary web series by the way if um, you don't ever get if you if you're not ever able to get stanley i would love to come on and just do a, ba- a, a bad stanley impersonation well, that's not a bad stanley impersonation it's just all about the intonation <laughs> yeah. it's not so much the vocal quality but the it's the the delivery as well i it feel like some way. of my impressions are like dana carvey impressions where it's like eh, there's a, it's not really what you would call a spot on but those Here, are canon
4: Here's something If you go back and listen to The Tales from the Black Lagoon Hollywood Noir Trilogy You can hear Mark Gagliardi Do his impression of Dana Carvey's impression Of Jimmy
1: Stewart <laughs> Oh <that's>... <laughs> <laughs> Which was a little bit like It wasn't <laughs> really Got him Most had <laughs> Potter <laughs> But recognizable As yeah. Jimmy Stewart who, Who's been in the Who What Oh casting? we also did a concert film oh, We also did a concert film And is that available yet?
4: No I don't so. <laughs>
1: Post-production, no, we, um, True believers. It's in post-production. <laughs> we signed with a distributor and uh, <laughs> Kickstarter backers will get their DVDs by the end of the year, we think.
4: Depending um, on how the year goes. Depending
1: how this year goes. If it winds up being a short year, then no. If okay. they cancel the year in August. <laughs> so uh, what have you learned about I mean, essentially brand building, right? I mean, this, this was just started as a live, let's do a live show at a bar. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah.
4: But then let's goof all, with our friends. Yeah. But yeah. then
1: let's, well, let's do this consistently. And oh wow. It be, you know, so I think, I think another key here is consistency is that, you know, you can't just do something once every six months and be like, yes. I don't know what's happening. Like you, you know, something has to live a lot to evolve quickly mm-hmm. And then you have to be aware of how that's evolving. And so when did you start to realize, oh, thrilling is actually a thing that could be a graphic novel but could also be a concert movie but could also be this podcast but could also be li- you know, like a live
4: touring show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean – yeah. And shows that you could spin off as their yeah. own shows. That was originally the impetus. One yeah. of the, one of the reasons of the we started was to create – You know, we were building worlds um, – and to put them on their feet and see what worked and what didn't, what worked mm-hmm. about them as an incubator for ideas that we could take to other media. We always say, like, yeah. Superman works great as a comic, worked as a radio play. There's ten different movies and ten different TV, uh, shows, tons, the yeah. TV shows. Like, it's world building, and that's, you know, we're doing the one version of it in, in the stage show, and we want to do all the other versions of it, and that includes mm-hmm. comics, a, a medium we love. So it seemed like a good first, first step to yeah. take. But um, it was yeah.
1: very attainable uh, mm-hmm. in that respect, but yeah, they like we did a, a or we wrote a pilot for Beyond Belief last year, and are going to get to shoot something, and hopefully it'll go, but like yeah, part of the design was always to spin
4: these things out into other media because
1: storytelling is storytelling, we just love telling the story
4: and the media trappings are all <clears throat> different like it's yeah. it's great to see there was one of the pieces in the book, the Moonshine Holler in the graphic novel <laughs> was the only one that was based on an actual episode that we've done as a podcast mm-hmm. and that was to see what changes happen a we thought the audience would get a kick out of it because they, yeah. they they know that episode they like it and they yeah. can see something they like but but be like what what are the differences concrete differences in storytelling we've told this story this way and let's transfer it to another medium and just see you know how many words per minute you get like, <laughs> sure. like a, th- we can be really wordy in the stage show because that's yeah all it is. <laughs> Those are but the only tools we have. You know, there's five to six panels a page for this many pages that were allotted to the story, and see what what has to go and what's necessary to tell that story.
1: How more. did you, uh, how does it how does something like Beyond Belief transfer over to a visual medium? I mean, it. it do you have to tone down some of the, the banter?
4: Yeah, the way we did that uh, was writing minimal banter. Like, here's what here's the least. That you need to tell the story. And then when we do the lettering pass, which is after all the, the frames have been drawn, like all the art after has the been done, done. Uh, it comes back and we get to see what spaces there are left that we can put in more banter to make it feel mm-hmm. more like the show. So we we scaled it back and then built it up. Yeah, but uh, it's amazing. Space permitting.
1: Even looking at the the piece in the graphic novel, the Beyond Belief piece in the graphic novel, how bantery it feels and how much it feels like the show, even though it's probably half as many Mm-hmm. Actual words as we use in the... because there show. is there is that sort of fun element of not being able to see any of it and and sort of mm-hmm. you know your uh, theater of the mind stuff mm-hmm. which is i 'd be interested to find out maybe there's you know it sh- shows that when radio shows started porting over to television um, in the in the 50s or 40s yeah. and 50s like what how, what did they take away? And like, oh, we have to take this parts of this story, but then we have to leave these other parts. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, the Foley artist had to go <laughs> into post-production. He was on the set. Yeah, he uh, was on the set. He just had to go into the post-production Well, what was kind of interesting about uh, the radio and early TV um, is they all kind of worked at the same time. and Comics, too. Like, they all were working at the same time. You know, like the Burns and Allen show was on radio and TV, they they overlapped as did Dragnet and a few a bunch of other a and, great and promotion. And the Thin Man movies were happening on yeah. the radio,
4: like with I think the same actors. Sometimes, Sometimes. they
1: it, Hollywood, the Hollywood studios used to do radio versions of their movies, um, like Bringing Up Baby. There's one, Casablanca. There's one. Uh, and with sometimes with the same cast, sometimes with a different cast, but these things all existed together and I feel like we're Star getting... Wars Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> there were the Star Wars people. radio shows though. Yeah. Uh, what what was it was it was it the Christmas stuff? special they did as a as a radio play? I know they did a they, they did a T V version. What was the because there was a there was a Star Wars there was a Star Wars radio play yes, that sure. happened and it it sort of fucked with some of the Star Wars canon. Did it? Oh. I will, I only remember listening to it as a kid. So I I, I have not effects. I haven't heard it in yeah. I think since around that time, so I can't remember exactly. Should we just download it and listen to it right now? For the yeah, I guess we could probably just do that. <laughs> uh, is that an Inception?
4: Is that what you call it? Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I almost feel like you're never allowed to ask a question about anything ever again, and the answer is always <laughs> well, internet. You know, right. like I can never go. What is the name of? Well, just look it up. <laughs> you fucking computer in your pocket. There's no that has eliminated the need for question marks because you don't have to. Uh, yesterday,
4: I tweeted. um isn't it weird that the only piece of information that is not on the internet is who directed Splash? <laughs> <laughs> oh, people must have been coming at you. Uh, Carl the most. I mean <laughs> it's right I there. mean, Ron ha- I mean, Ron Howard. <laughs> it's right there. Multiple tweets. Yeah. It's right there. You could just yeah. look it up. Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't it's can't find it even. No try, right I'm, try IMDb. <laughs> uh... I tried it. It's not. It's not on there. It says it doesn't know. Oh. Did a mermaid do it? Is it a mer person it? <laughs> Was that well, their yeah, way no, that, to? It would only be right. Otherwise, it's exploitation. Yeah, it's totally. <laughs> it's yeah, it's yeah. it's Quentin Tarantino or a mer person
1: because <laughs> it's fish exploitation. Uh, there's no. There's no way around it. Qu- Quentin Tarantino or totally mer person. <laughs> you can please. Like it's all. <laughs> just replacing we're getting into an ugly area yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I mean by all means let's go to it (laughs) Django Unfishnetted was a great... Um... Un- unhooked? I'm <laughs> sorry. See, this is yes. why you're the comedy writer.
4: And, and you're just the guy who says all the comedy me. <laughs> yeah. Your...
1: No, Django Unhooked was the superior joke. <laughs> well, that's why he gets to do a polish. <laughs> yeah, I'm a great
4: draft twosman. It's very important to have a polish pass Absolutely. on Absolutely.
1: That's why there are two of us. Well, that must be the...
4: Uh... <laughs> did the Eureka finger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that must be... ha. That must be the... That, that, that also... That element of not being afraid to just write down the first thing that comes into your mind so that then you can go back. When Furman and I would write together, we, we kind of got into this really efficient place where we used to get stuck for days on like one idea or one joke <laughs> And then we go, you know what? Let's just put this in here for now. And we can go back and fix it later and let's move on. We can always find something better later. And most of the time we did. And some of the times we were like, you know what? That's the best thing we could think of for that place. So it must be, you know, let's just hope it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's such value in just getting it down mm-hmm. and trusting yourself as a writer to Jangle figure it out. Unhooked. It
4: doesn't have to be funny till the fifth draft. Yeah.
1: I'm still laughing at Django Unhooked. <laughs> <laughs> the mur- the mur- Someone better right. do an animation of that. <laughs> I just want to see that trailer. <laughs> well, are there things that you... You know, when, if you if you have to stay within Captain Laserbeam or Sparks mm-hmm. or Beyond Belief, are there and, and Amelia Earhart? Are there other ones that you've wanted to try where you are like, shit, it's just not it's not thrilling. I mean, it's not we can't sandwich this thing in because
4: it yeah, doesn't. there are a handful of things that aren't thrilling, yeah. that, you know, that are backburnered uh, until we have the time to do them right. Yeah. But we, I mean, there are a handful that are thrilling yeah. that we just haven't had time to
1: write and to work into the what show. What was the most inside joke that you ever <laughs> wrote where you are like, you know what? Four people are gonna get this, but we have to do it like there must be Easter eggs throughout the oh, sure. for sure script Is there one which is kind of amazing because like we we work at such a pace that we kind of forget a lot of this stuff But the fans have created a fan wiki, which is the best reference for us <laughs> so <laughs> helpful.
3: It's so helpful We'll go back
4: and look at, like I would look for a character's name just yeah. to find it and then go oh Red Plains writers colorblind. Yes <laughs> Right Okay, we said that one time. Yeah,
1: and it was for a joke in that episode, mm-hmm. but it's canon now. Yeah, um, so that is by far the best thing. And that do is, you, they find all the Easter eggs, they find all that stuff. It's awesome. Do you have to respect all that canon, or do you just is it, is it just sort of? Generally, first? do yeah, we
4: try. Yeah, if we can, we, we especially kill a, for we big kill the baby. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we had we forgotten we, about that. We wrote a pregnancy <laughs> uh, into an episode, and then uh, in the next time we saw those characters. We had forgotten it.
1: Oh no. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so that was so, before uh, the fan wiki. Well yeah, but I've I learned about it yeah. from the fan wiki. And they were so like <laughs> it was it was nice to know the hearts of our fans because in the conversation about it with the fan I was having on Twitter, they were like, Well, just next time you see them have a ba- have have them had a baby. And my thought was like, I oh, just killed a baby. <laughs> I killed a pretend baby, like in the expression about writing.
1: Oh, I thought of so some a couple of in jokes which are really at, at the smallest just for the two of us mm-hmm. and at the most for us and the Todd Cooper who pulls our curtain mm-hmm. is like naming a character Todd mm-hmm. uh, as homage to him and making him a curtain puller or any curtain related jokes are for the three of us uh, and the phrase work friends mm-hmm. uh, which yes. Ben and I cracked ourselves up uh, I think when we were writing on Supernatural that mm-hmm. we came up with the term, oh, we're, we're not really friends. We're just work friends.
3: <laughs> I was the work <laughs>
1: best man at his up. wedding. <laughs> 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 made ourselves li- – and it's made its way into the show a number of times.
4: But even Work Juice,
1: who is our fake oh, sponsor, yeah, is the
4: innest of in-jokes. We wrote a ter- – well, not terrible, but useless Drew Carey <laughs> yeah. start uh, in 2099, something yeah. like that. Um, in 2099? We are going to yeah. have written it in the future. Okay. Okay. Um, no, in 1999, or the year 2000, the future, the noted future, mm-hmm. uh, we wrote a Drew Carey spec, mm-hmm. uh, and there was, uh, it was a body-switching episode, like you're <laughs> supposed to do in all your specs.
1: By the way, all of this is unnecessary <laughs> knowledge for this joke.
4: One of them was posing as the other one, because yeah. they had switch bodies, in order to get him into trouble.
1: Did Drew Carey switch bodies with Angela Lansbury so he could fuck Elvis? <laughs> that's on real Elvis. life. Oh, okay, got
4: it. Uh, Anyway, so the one said that, that they were staying up late, uh, staying late in the office, licking the work juice off of phones, and it was just the grossest, <laughs> weird thing. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, we, were, we had written a pilot about a coffee shop, and we couldn't come up with a good name for a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Ground Zero is as close as mm-hmm. it came, and then 9-11 happened. <laughs> and uh, shut that down. Yeah. Right. And, uh, but the terrorists we had, <laughs> went again.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> we can't have fake coffee shops anymore. Yeah, boy. That just, they, they covered all the bases. <laughs>
4: But anyway, work um, juice, I
1: think, was the Yeah, of I think uh, I, I called coffee work juice at one time when we were meeting, mm-hmm. uh, and you laughed, and I was like, oh, this is going to stick. <laughs> and then it just became this thing. It became a word for coffee so what, for us. So what are all the things that you guys have written on? <laughs> I mean, you, so you besides mentioned... Besides thrilling Adventure. Besides thrilling Adventure, um, it, it, obviously, I, I think people would be delighted to know that you worked on Supernatural, because yes. I think a lot of people... We, I mean, we. I've had supernatural folks on the podcast with before. the great Ben Edlund. We wrote, yeah, wow. and, and I and I, I've known Eric Kripke for he's great for decades. I mean, I I knew Eric Kripke when we were all right out of college. We did a no way. We all were Kripke was a um, he was a he was an AD on a this other guy that I met basically had raised all this money right out of USC Film School to make this this fake. 80s comedy in the mid 90s Uh, it's sort of in the vein of like Hot Dog the movie Mm -hmm. and all this it was sort of it was making fun of paying homage to those films Mm -hmm. and um, and Kripke was uh, the first AD on that I've known him forever wow um, and so it was. It's it's so mind blowing to me that he's now created like one of the biggest yeah. sci fi shows in the history of sci fi television. Like ten years now, right? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, so, so you guys worked on Supernatural. We worked right? on Supernatural on season seven, uh, which was a blast. Mostly, as Ben said, because we got to work with Ben Edlund, uh, who is you know created the Tick, mm-hmm. and uh, he worked on it. like Genius, Angel, you know? and he's been around um,
4: and Firefly. Mm-hmm. It was amazing to watch him work. And all the people over there were great. Yeah, they like, really the, were. It was the, a great group the, of writers. The group of writers were, like, it was really nice. The, did you just watch him type? Really. No, they watched us <laughs> We about. would have if we could have. <laughs> it was neat. Uh, we worked at the same time on Super Ninjas. Mm-hmm. We did a freelance episode of a Nickelodeon show that was totally Adam West Batman for kids.
1: Yeah,
2: awesome. It was really, really fun. fun.
4: Um, and we went to the set of that once uh, when they were shooting our episode. And there were two sides to go on one where they did the, the teen bits and the other where they were ninjas and it was just all stuntmen and a matrix and, stunt and coordinator Dark and Rape Part was, was the villain in the episode yeah. so it was amazing because it was just a whole room devoted to this giant kung fu fight that was all pros and so amazing. like just watching them do this thing in this room and they were like now we want to show you the kids we have seen kids before. We want to watch these people punch <laughs> each other over things.
1: These guys are like swinging from overhead lights and mm-hmm. crashing chairs over each other. It was How so did you guys cool. meet? The two of us. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we met at Syracuse University, nice. where we both attended school. My cousin.
4: My mother's cousin's son, so once removed or whatever, was his best friend in high school. Yeah.
1: But we didn't know each other then. And But we, I was
4: shortcutting then. Right.
1: But in that, that idiot who was my best friend in high school never said, Hey, my good friend Ben Blacker, you I know, have a cousin named Ben Acker. You know, that
4: is weird. Isn't hey, that ben, crazy? Ben Acker, you know what is strange? My friend is named Ben Blacker. Never said anything. <laughs> the only person to refrain from pointing out our exactly. names and similarities <laughs> no, what's, what's, could have introduced what's us. What's amazing
1: is that <laughs> your names together sound like like a radio show writing team that then yes. went to work on Jack Benny or your show of shows like mm-hmm. we gotta get Acker and Blacker in here those guys will fix
4: up any script bring in the Ben's
1: yeah, bring, yeah. In the Benz. Mm-hmm. bring in the Ben's bring uh, in the Ben's we wish it still worked that way yeah. that would
4: be amazing oh we used to get we used to lose jobs all the time because yeah. they were like someone will hire you with those names
1: What? <laughs> why, why, why don't, don't you do it why, why don't
4: you show them how it's done
1: <laughs> no no <laughs> not us not the Simpsons thank you it's too weird <laughs> I think you're fa- I, I, I feel like the Simpsons would be a very hard job it because like there's be. no there. I mean talk about I mean they, they essentially they, I think they've just had to abandon canon
4: at this point because they're just oh, yeah. out of they re, the re they part. rejigger the, the pasts every 10 they years they have yeah. to they have they to, have to. Here's, here's how to fix it hmm. I'll just for free fix the Simpsons yeah. by for better or worseing it <laughs> let them grow yes. up
1: Oh. Spend the next ten years that way. Yeah, you get. Yeah, that'd oh. be amazing. But I don't. I don't know if they'll be doing that show for another ten years. I think they should. <laughs> you really think with, with this brilliant idea? <laughs> yeah, I mean because it's it. We've when you, when you go kids. back and you, like in the earlier episodes, when they would do the flashback episodes, it was like, yeah, when you know, when Homer and Marge, because Homer is in the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, in the 70s, and then when uh, when Bart was born, it was like a young Joe Piscopo taught us how to laugh. It was like all the – like Bart's Bart now, Bart and Lisa should theoretically be um, in about 30. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But now they would have been born in, like, 2005. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Now they would have, like... They're, That's they're br- crazy. Because all the... They, they just basically had to slide. It's funny to see them with iPhones, yeah. uh, you know, like... But you know. it's like, I mean, those writers are so sharp and so savvy that they're doing basically what comic books did. Like, they're doing what Spider-Man did in, mm-hmm. you know... It does the, freak me out, though. Selective continuity. To... I mean, I started watching The Simpsons when I was a kid, and and now... And, and Homer is thirty-eight on the show, <laughs> which
4: is fucking crazy. So you were Bart, and now you're Homer. <laughs> <laughs> Sunrise, soon sunset. You'll, soon you'll be grandpa. <laughs> uh, oh, well, no. well, your middle is crusty before your grandpa. <laughs> Isn't that
1: the journey we all make? <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, from the Riddle of the Sphinx. Yeah. <laughs> what's Bart in the morning?
1: You middle is crusty. That's fucking amazing. Not before inaccurate.
4: you get to before you get to Abe Simpson.
1: Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that. But but having to keep up with, I mean, there's just I don't know. I just there's just no more story. I mean, how do? Any need more stories to tell. Ah, oh, they get new writers, and those guys yeah, Marge have Marge gets a new coat. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sequels to the first 25 years of stories. <laughs> oh, man. Another Springfield Film Festival. Exactly. You know what? Right, I but it's a... digital now
4: or something. But yeah.
1: the, the Simpsons movie was after, like, 20 oh, yeah. years, right? And yeah, well, they saved great. up some stuff, yeah. You know? Yeah, it really like, was. I feel really like was. they could they could do another one of those. That. that was fun, because they got to, they finally, you know like they got to swear a little bit. <laughs> yes. Nudity. Bart's dog was in the opening, <laughs> was which so was a ridiculous. little off-putting, but uh But at, like I love that they just went for it on on everything for that movie. Showing, I mean cuz, you know, that show was incredibly cutting edge at one at one point. Like it, there was nothing else <laughs> like that on television
4: in the early 90s. Yeah. They still probably show the best um just group mentality, group think thing, mm-hmm. or they did in those episodes, just when the town would have an opinion on something. Yes. It yes. It was always my favorite stuff.
1: Is that, it, what's your sort of ultimate, obviously, I mean, it'd be fun to create something and then have that <laughs> be a show, but if you could, it, what are other shows that you'd be like, fuck, it'd be really great to.
4: Yeah. We sat in a, we had a meeting with uh, FX one time mm-hmm. where they asked what show we'd want to work on on their on their air and we just chanted Justified pumping our fists in the air for like 17 <laughs> oh, minutes. Justified. Just Justified, Archer. Um, justified
1: does everything that yeah. we want to do in TV where like there are these sprawling stories but there are very small moments. There are... There's character.
4: Yeah. It all comes from character.
1: Everything comes from so character. So you're not necessarily motivated by comedy even though you No. I mean we love comedy and like Parks and Rec does the same thing. and We mm-hmm. love Parks and Rec.
4: Parks um, and Rec and Justified same show.
1: Same exact show? Just I mean, different sides of the coin. Yeah like the the tertiary characters could be spin off spun off into their own shows that's how strong they are and that's how strong their points of view are in both of those shows and that's that's the thing we respond to yeah so what types of shows are you pitching when you're pitching shows we've typed we've pitched all types we've sold hour long pilots we've sold half hour pilots we've sold animated half hours like sketch we did a show
4: we had a we a guy from fox came to thrilling adventure back in the day and they were looking to find something to replace mad tv mm-hmm. and he said um i think you guys are too smart for fox <laughs> and we we're like no we, we trust <laughs> trust <laughs> me we are not and then they, they got a sketch packet from us and we included a um uh <laughs> a, a, an npr theme park there you go part of the thing because we thought like making fun of npr like Having fun with that—that'll show how stupid we are. Right, we are dumb. Like, and our reps at the time said, um, "Are you including an NPR sketch <laughs> to the people who thought you were too smart?" Was uh, it mean, But see, look—we're dumb. Look, we're dumb. Is look, that we're, where, dumb. we're doing is it. Is that where? Uh, was it called N Park?
1: Uh, NPR World. NPR World, and it had—we had the idea of uh, actors walking around with
4: characters, like big foam, like, Eric big foam
1: characters. But it was—is was that where Rizdal and the doll came from?
4: Yeah, yeah t-shirt, <laughs> a T-shirt you could buy. Killed
1: us Uh, There was one other Really great joke in that I forget what it was Uh, Some name
4: of a roller coaster Or something like that
1: Have you ever thought about doing Like at at Meltdown Just having people come on And just read pilots That never got sold We really should
4: We've talked about doing that (laughs) I think somebody does that show like a failure
1: show or something (laughs) I had talked to Paul Fee a couple times about doing his episode of I listened to that on the episode that you guys did and I thought oh my god I have to get in touch with Chris because
4: I want to make that happen
1: yeah yeah, it'd be be fun to do a recurring show where I mean it'd probably have to be a monthly show because it'd be a little bit of a production but um, that'd be so much but like staged
4: readings of failed
1: pilots staged readings of failed pilots like where you have the writer you have the writer come in the showrunner and go like you know I pitched this to CBS and you know they said this or this or this and this is why it didn't go but but here it is. And and even, they should even be comfortable if they're also terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, like whether or not for they're sure. really great or really terrible.
4: And invite development exams.
1: <laughs>
3: <And> <laughs> <different> okay, <you're, laughs> no, no,
1: no, no, you're reaching too hard for the grail <laughs> and you gotta let it go. <laughs> you, you have to, listen, <laughs> thrilling adventure hour is a full-time job. We couldn't
4: possibly have another. <laughs> that is not Shut true. your dumb face. <laughs> shut it up. Shut it off. Shut all this off. We, we <laughs> just make millions from it. <laughs> no, (laughs) etc. Shut these faces off. Um, Shut it down. Was the question, what have we written on? Because we also (laughs) wrote some comic books.
1: We wrote some comic books. Uh, We're writing Thunderbolts for Marvel right now, and we're writing on the Puss in Boots uh, DreamWorks series for
4: Netflix, uh, which will air sometime. And some of us are writing for Wits, the NPR show.
1: Nice. Hmm. Um, And then, uh, so thrilling is, there's no breaks. You're still every month. Still, every month we take every July off to go do Comic Con, <laughs> right. uh, but we've been doing like crazy touring shows for the past three, four months. We've been kind of doing two shows a month—one here in LA and one on the road. We did Seattle. We just got back from Chicago.
3: It's um, a tough show to
1: tour though, because it's just it like is. The, the economics of touring is very yeah. You know when some you know when people go, why are ticket prices they're like? Well, because there's a hundred people in the country. Yeah. Well, yeah, and not only that, but you know the. Uh, the size of the ve- – like the venue has to be a certain size mm-hmm. and quality to handle absolutely uh, what you guys are doing. And then, and then the better the venue, the more expensive that becomes. And so mm-hmm. you have to – moving – just like taking all of the, the production costs, like the talent travel costs and lodging costs out of the equation is yeah. just, just to turn the lights on and put on this show – you know, it's like $14,000 or <laughs> exactly. some, some sort of crazy number that you have to hit. Yeah. And it's been, we've been kind of teaming up with conventions that are going on. So we did Emerald City and we just did C2E2. Yeah. And that's really helped uh, because part of the thing with Touring Thrilling, besides the size of it, is, you know, we have a great, big, huge, <laughs> we have a great audience. Um, <laughs> but it's not, like, we're not a name brand you know uh so we have to kind of stack the deck a little bit and bring some celebrity names. I mean, we invited you to uh Seattle, I believe yes uh, and like but and you know you you were busy, but we got some some names to come with us, uh, and we did that just now in Chicago, so that kind of sweetens the deal for a lot of people. Um, well, you also sort of figured the same thing that we figured with podcasts, which is you know rather than Trying to find a bunch of people in a city that happen to like the show to all come out on one night. Let's just set it up near where these people will be gathering Mm -hmm. because it just is more efficient. It's just easier that way. Absolutely. Then, because no matter how much you promote a show, (laughs) if there's no other event around it and you don't really have the budget to do a ton of media uh, press media coverage, Mm -hmm. you'll still promote the shit out of it and then you'll leave and then someone will be like. Hey, when are you gonna be in Chicago? And you're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> which we actually I got didn't, like I didn't the shut up about. The it. I talked about it for weeks. But we the cons are really fun too, because like we Ben and I we love stuff. We are fans of stuff. So we love doing these cons anyway. And I think we tend to make a lot of new fans at cons because we give our our cast is charming and hilarious and they give good panel. Uh, we mm-hmm. had one girl at this Chicago oh, con. She'll be pleased that you're talking, talking about. about her. I hope she listens to this. Uh, Who, during the Q&A portion of the Thrilling Adventure Hour panel Got up, she was like the fifth or sixth in line And she said, I don't really know what this is
4: (laughs) I I recognize Yeah, I came because of
1: Molly I came because of Molly, Molly Quinn was with us uh, And Tim Amundsen, she knew She was like, I know you guys But this seems to be some sort of radio play We're like, oh, yeah, at the beginning of these panels, we should probably say what the show. It is. That is a good lesson. Thank you. Because sometimes... <laughs> but she really put it together. She really did. Context and clues she, were awesome. And then she, te- she uh, <laughs> tweeted at yeah. us to say, hey, I've checked out the show. I really like it. And it was very sweet. It yeah. was cute. Yeah, because sometimes when you're doing panels, people can be squatting for other mm-hmm. panels. Um, and so... Well, you, we don't allow that. But, oh, whoa. Yeah, yeah, Ben clears the room. The oh, room. he does. <laughs> so just you don't have to go home.
4: <laughs> probably can't go
1: home. Um, but... Uh, some of the guests, you know, who, who are some of the guests that you've had that you... We
4: feel. Of course. Uh,
1: and, like, everybody in the cast, ourselves included,
4: the first time he did the show turned into our 13-year-old selves. <laughs> Whatever age you were when you first heard Weird Al this who mm-hmm. you become around Weird Al. He did not have this story, but it would not be out of the question for him to have <laughs> this story hey, you know when you go to a bank and everyone smiles at you and elbows each other and points at you and they're <laughs> glad to see you and sometimes the pens don't work like everybody is glad to see Weird Al yeah. every place he goes and
1: I, he's as nice and talented as you want him to he's be. He's wonderful he's, in a, he's he is a wonderful man and um, we had just become friends around 2009 and uh, Rob Zombie was shooting the, H, the sequel to the Halloween, mm-hmm. to his Halloween franchise and um, and he called me and he said, Okay, so Loomis's character has kind of gone off the deep end and he's sort of bought into his own shit and he's he's kind of reached a point where he's 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 buying his own hype. And so he goes on a talk show, and I want you to host the talk show, but who would be another amazing person to sit him in between oh to ridicule him? And I go, mm, Well, I've just become friends with Weird Al. And he was like, You have to call Weird Al. <laughs> <laughs> so I call Weird Al on like a Friday, and I said, "Do you want to go to Atlanta on Sunday and shoot a Halloween movie oh with Rob Zombie uh, <laughs> and Malcolm McDowell?" And he was like, "Sure, yeah." And so, if he's gonna do, it, do it, he's so, it anyway, so we traveled together. So we fucking traveled together. <laughs> we flew to Atlanta together, and going through the airport with Weird Al, it's just like this sea of heads. Like, <gasps> at, but one like TSA guy was like, "Oh shit, Kenny G!" Like, which I thought was <laughs> amazing,
4: <laughs> awesome. Which I thought is, was amazing. Which what said, is had- his luggage like?
1: Uh, It's regular luggage (laughs) Mostly accordion cases (laughs) I will never forget And this is one of my favorite things About living in Hollywood And being part of the Nerdist family Was there was some Nerdist party uh, And Weird Al Was talking to Rob Zombie Mm -hmm. And they both look exactly How you think they look (laughs) And I just looked over like I like it here. <laughs> this is awesome. This doesn't happen anywhere else. I know that was the same party where like Bill Nye showed. up. Yes, and it, it just it started throwing fists, just yep. fucking beat the shit out of everyone. <laughs> science, motherfuckers. Here's uh, the Newtonian law, and then he would deliver a punch to yeah. the face. A nigram, he calls it. Bill Nunch science punch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Weird Al was, is still the big one.
4: You know, we love comedy. Wait for it. I'm, I'll take this opportunity I'm to silly. apologize I'm sorry I um, told you to shut your faces thank off thank you I appreciate it what yeah. What? Oh, that's... I didn't mean it I didn't mean it it's keep important. your face it's important give in. us an apology
1: cookie <laughs> yeah, take <one> <laughs> yeah take one of those
4: everybody,
1: <laughs> everybody eat, eat
4: of the apology cookie <laughs> <laughs> right it's Passover somewhere, I would love right?
1: to uh, <laughs> <ladies>? <laughs> <laughs> no you're just applying this somewhere it's five o'clock so people can start drinking to Passover no. yeah. but it's Total not it's Passover I mean I guess if you're it's, ta- it's ta- always Passover okay if you're talking about alternate universes yep in some universes it's always always passover in some
4: universe in that passover universe
1: where it's all passover talk about a jew run universe i mean seriously they control the media and the government and (laughs) time and space space in that universe and all the planets enjoy every motto yeah they do um (laughs) i'd love to be in a writer's room i would love to be a part of your writing process is it fun or are you guys intense no, we are. It's We're super, super fucking intense. It's fu- fun, fun <laughs> tense.
4: No, it's fun.
1: It's, it's for me. It's the most fun part of doing thrilling and really all the writing we do is when Ben and I sit down to break a story. Yeah, because it's the discovery process, and like we'll both have dumb ideas and we'll both have smart ideas, and it's fun sifting through. Mm-hmm.
4: Excellent. Uh, so but yeah, come
1: join our writers' room. We're to-
4: we're so game. It's uh, yeah. It's at a coffee shop near you. <laughs>
1: great. <laughs> we actually like we have we've had guest writers a bunch in the past couple of years, uh, mostly for holiday shows of thrilling, like Len Wein and Ed Brubaker and Doug Petrie, Glenn mm-hmm. David Gold. It's been those awesome. are real writers. Though. They're real writers. Yeah. Yeah. But like we are always hitting up Paul to come because we love comedians. Mm-hmm. You guys have great ideas to be like come sit in on this thing, and you guys I never have time. But come
4: sit in on. One. I would
1: love to. Yeah. we'll I Totally to. do it. It'd be a blast.
4: Just do it after this? Do, you don't have write a, anywhere else.
1: You want thrilling? Yeah. yeah. I don't have to do anything. Yeah. We can... That may not be on
4: tomorrow. I'll <laughs> to do it tonight, too. <laughs> fucking crazy i don't i mean i don't need to tell you how to live your life but (laughs) when's the last time you had a ferris bueller vacation from one writing thing to come do another writing thing?
1: you have like friday at 5 a.m off right yeah i do i do so i can come by that yeah (laughs) i'll take a ferris bueller vacation and then (laughs) from one of us we'll just get in uh your dad's ferrari Mm -hmm. and uh oh you should see acker's dad's ferrari
4: it's cool yeah it's pretty cool and nice yeah and he um, doesn't keep it in a big glass thing, so he can't...
1: <laughs> yeah, he's That's more, more smarter than, than that. Yeah.
4: Yeah. It's, he's smarter than that. <laughs> no. He's one or two smarter than that.
1: I, essentially,
4: um, Cameron Fry lived in the trees.
1: <laughs> they <laughs> oh, were Ewoks. Oh, I think they were, they were oh, yeah. rich Ewoks. There was a
4: crazy ramp down from the tree that you could... Take the car. Yeah, I don't know why they were they were some sort. some sort of weird. It was like they were a, Jetson fans. That's what it was.
1: <laughs> or uh, Flash Gordon. Like there was a tree. They were this, the tree people who had to do the ritual. Yes. Or yeah. they'd stick their arm in the log. <laughs> that Whoa. I still strangely have nightmares about. Something about that scene always freaked me out. When you see that stuff as a kid, it will fuck you up forever.
4: Uh, the, uh, we, uh, the large march thing. Yes, oh yes. One. Is um yeah that the is the name in my head for that trope. Is mm-hmm. there any more perfect movie than Pee-wee's Big Adventure? <laughs> oh, and any worse commentary track? Oh, what really? Uh, the commentary yes. track is is Tim Burton and Pee-wee Herman or Paul Rubens? I'm not sure. I think it's Paul Rubens, not Pee-wee Herman. I'm not sure. But they they, uh, they are just sitting there watching the movie, and Tim Burton will go. Remember when we did this? <laughs> yeah. and, and Paul Rubens will go, yep. And then <laughs> Tim Burton is like, this one is like a western, and yep. <laughs> and then they like. Now go to me, that saying, sounds pretty hey, great because you really want them talking over the whole movie
1: you've already yeah, seen the movie Yeah, it's you know, a as, as, as so, because then, then it's like you're watching it with them it's almost like you're watching the, <laughs> sure. sitting in the row behind them but instead of going shh excuse me please you're like that's fucking Tim Burton and Paul Reby I actually shushed the commentary track <laughs> shh guys please a little respect for your movie <laughs> come on
4: guys come on you've seen this <laughs> but, but they added no like anecdotes it yeah. was just like this is that scene with the car in it yep <laughs> yeah. yep I love a commentary like, track and yeah. all of Tim Burton's are like that. They're so boring and the, you want them to be so awesome. The commentary track feels like Hearst uh, and his wife just <laughs> sitting there with newspaper. You know what would be a
1: lot of fun is I mean this
4: this this
1: isn't n I I don't think this dips too much into MST waters. But if we were to take a, an old movie and basically do the commentary track as though we made the film <laughs> and just come up with a bunch I love of that. you know oh, yeah. so that it's not I mean, uh, yeah, um, like the the Mystery Science Theater uh, model is just a bunch of disconnected jokes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But But this would be. I had this thought
4: recently, which was like, as they try and sell you Star Wars every couple of years on new Blu ray DVD, like the only way I would buy a new new version of Star Wars is if there was a commentary track of you and Patton talking about it while you're watching it. Well, that
1: (laughs) that was like the spaced ones were Mm -hmm.
4: so great. When the spaced DVDs came out, they had commentary tracks with
1: Patton. With Quentin Tarantino. Diablo Cody. Was Diablo Cody one. But they were mm-hmm. really cool because they were fans of the show. They were just talking, talking about... Talking about the show. That's a great idea. Really, with Edgar Wright and... and so these and are Peck. two slightly different ideas, but both totally workable. Yes, but I like the the fake... Uh, yeah. Commentary track, because then that way, then you can actually cast, that you can get the polymathics of the world to play characters really like when I directed it <laughs> and then just make make it as ridiculous as mm-hmm. possible. We did Singular one characters. of our uh, Kickstarter rewards was Paul offered to do commentary tracks in character as Werner uh, Herzog. Uh, right? He had three of them. He had Cake Boss. He had uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber and Werner Herzog, and the person who bought the reward could pick the movie. And Paul would record the commentary track in character uh, as one of those guys. And uh, I have not heard them, but I understand they are hilarious. I'm sure they are. Yeah. Like, I, I I would buy that
4: reward. Did he, one of his stand-up specials, I think he did the Spanish language track. That if you adjust it to SAP, <laughs> it's him saying everything with an accent.
1: <laughs> That's brilliant.
4: <laughs> he is truly the best of oh, us. Oh,
1: my God. He is... Paul all tokens, is... Without a doubt, his, his comedy brain is. I mean, it, I'm, I'm not jealous of it in, in a negative way, but I'm just <laughs> jealous of it in a holy yeah. shit! What an amazing yeah! You I, just marvel at his where where like capability. where he's able to pull from yeah. It's just a much wider universe than us mere mortals.
4: Also, he's a nice guy or whatever. Yeah, and that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's a talented. Soul. Nice dude. <laughs>
1: What did you say? Oh, I thought you said... God rest his soul. I thought
4: you said go ram.
1: I thought you were doing a callback to our swears. Go ram that guy. Go ram that guy. (laughs) Go ram that and frag. (laughs) I wish I knew all of the, what was it, Chinese, Japanese swears that they had. I don't know what it was. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought that's where you were going with that. I'm sorry. I thought you were going with a, a, a bad semi-racist I child. I don't know if you're American Chris, open yet. the
4: fridge. What? W- would you open the fridge? Sure. And, would, you, would you get a Coke? Sure. Open that Coke. Oh. Hey. No, no, just open it. Okay. <laughs> what happened? No, no, going, no, it just, tastes just, weird. Yeah. No, that's, that's it. I just wanted you to have a nice cold <laughs> okay, Coke. Good, good, good. Well, this yeah. is sponsored by Coca-Cola, right? <laughs> Everybody, open your fridge and have a nice cold <laughs> Coke. That's their slogan. Yeah. Right? They were smart. Yeah.
1: Which they are. Our sponsors are brilliant. Yeah. Right? Buy, uh, buy a, buy a Coca Cola. Someone's going to have to make work juice at some point. It's made. I'm glad you asked. <gasps> I know you didn't really ask. Um, well, the time we have we, uh, oh. we were working with um, this guy who's designing a lot of our merch and he got a actual coffee
4: roaster in Nebraska mm-hmm. I think they sent us samples to try the different yes. blends and we decided which one was the word and true to our fake slogan <laughs> it actually is the most caffeine dense legally available <laughs> on the marketplace it's great coffee but you do not need a lot of it <laughs> <laughs> it actually is that thing that we thought that's a thing to say
2: uh.
1: yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, so, what
4: else do you guys do? You want to promote anything else while you're here?
1: Let's promote. Uh, yeah, May tenth is our big show. Um, big New York. Big New York. We're going to town hall in New York. We're pulling out all the stops. Um, Putting in
4: new stops, taking them out, yes. pulling them right out. So, can it. we expect any stops? Uh, we'll see. It may be a it stop will, for There show. will be one stop at the end. <laughs> okay. Well, are you going to be planning on pulling that out at any time? No, we're just going to the show at a certain point. <laughs> oh, okay. Before the stop has to be pulled out. No, right then. Some stops are too this difficult will, to pull out. Mm, so, how uh, will we pre- most promote the show? Who's most of in the it? The War
1: players will be there uh, Paul, Padgett Brewster, Busy Phillips, uh, Mark Evan Jackson. Almost the whole cast will be there. And then our New York crew, John Hodgman, Jonathan Colton, Ira Glass. What? Yeah, ridiculous.
4: Uh, and he will be playing something just as dumb this time as he played yeah, last time. He played
1: an evil elf last time. Pitch
4: him in PR world.
1: <laughs> yes,
4: you know, he will steal it. <laughs> That's true. He'll open up that theme Steve. park.
1: Um, and then we got uh, Scott Ackerman, uh, Zachary Levi, and Dick Cavett oh, to come do this show. Awesome. Plus, even more people like Paul and Storm. Terry, it's going to be a crazy fun show uh, and thrillingadventurehour.com for tickets to that and all links to all of our upcoming shows. And podcasts. And oh, and else. depending when this comes out, either the backstage web series will be on Nerdist.com yes. or... It will have just been on Nerdist.com. Yes. Uh, and, and it'll be every week for... I think we had you guys make success. a little bit of footage backstage at some of the shows just mm-hmm. to sort of... Just to give people a little glimpse yes. of our Kickstarter. Behind the curtain. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's beautiful. Everybody yeah. did an awesome job. I'm so excited about it. It makes me love the show as if I'm not part of it. Yeah. Uh, which is what we wanted. So I think people will dig it. Y'all motherfucking persons know how to be twee <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> twee as fuck. Twee as fuck. Right? Enjoy your yarn burrito.
3: <laughs>
1: so serving a burrito in a in, a y- in yarn oh. in a crocheted pouch—that's mm-hmm. the tweest as fuckest thing you can do. And
4: it's also a bow tie. <laughs> <laughs> come to come to Taco yuk <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: Make a run for the butter. <laughs> Just trying to do the... All right, that's the end. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Benz.
4: <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Sorry, <laughs> <It's okay. Wait, laughs> ruined your podcast. <laughs> Who's
1: talking now?
4: I can't even tell. Blacker as fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Make the t-shirts.
4: I'll buy a blacker <laughs> as fuck t-shirt. <laughs> Are we still recording? Yeah. <laughs> oh well, then I would do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> then I won't. Katie. <laughs> Good job, Katie.
3: Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito.
0: This episode is brought to you by the effortlessly scrumptious bite of Skinny Pop Popcorn. Imagine this. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious kernels, a symphony of just three simple ingredients. Popcorn, sunflower oil, and a sprinkle of salt. No compromise, just pure snacking freedom. And hey, if you're up for a twist, dive into flavors like zesty white cheddar to sweet and salty kettle. Every bite's a delight, light and oh so tasty. Shop Skinny Pop now.